our clients take a lot of interest in the backgrounds of our people because they know that, okay, if they've been at these big companies and been successful there, their confidence level in us grows. We also have a pretty uh, well-defined hiring process that we completely bake in our core values along the way. The ones that really mean a lot to me, especially are be human and, and be growing. To be human means that we are honoring those things that make us human, like family, love, and fun. But then also be growing is also incredibly important to me. Our people are our product. I'm Andrew Louder, founder and CEO of Louderco. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today, how Andrew Louder is paving the way and giving you a leg up to increase profits and improve operations with AI. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Andrew Ladder grew up west of Houston, Texas, in a town called Katy. He got into tech during his web mastery class in high school. He's a business graduate from Texas A&M University, and he got a taste of what life would be like as an entrepreneur when he founded a social group of Latin American students. Outside of tech, he lives in Dallas, married with three kids, and is enjoying all that life has to offer in that space. About six years ago, Andrew decided to jump out and be on his own, with the hope of making a bigger impact than what he was experiencing. He went the solo consultant route for a while, bringing big firm experience to the table and trying things out. Fast forward to now, he and his team are at the forefront of utilizing AI to help you grow your business. This is the creation story of Louderco. Louderco is a business consultancy. We help companies maximize their operations, help them leverage AI, and ultimately improve their performance so they can increase their profits, gain new efficiencies, and ultimately confidently realize their potential. I like to say we're only AI and operations consultancy that really has the firepower to grow of profits of companies under $150 million. And we do it using big company experiences, versatility, and a lot of heart. 
Everybody on our team comes from those big companies with operations background, technology background. And as I mentioned, AI plays a big role in that. It's a great, it's a tool that we leverage as a solution to our clients' problems. And not every solution requires AI, but you know, it's certainly one that stands out, can drive massive return on investment. Wasn't until about six years ago, back in about 2016 or so, I basically just jumped out on my own. That's when Louderco began. I was very pleased being being kind of single shingle independent contractor guy, kind of for like those first three, three and a half years or so. I'd call that kind of my MVP stage, if you will, a chance to really try things out. You know, I, come, I came with a lot of big consulting, big technology background that I thought, you know, helped all these big companies, oftentimes pouring blood, sweat and tears into these projects and really not seeing or feeling the impact that you know, I, I was trying to make at those companies. So I thought, let me take these big experiences and apply them to companies kind of that lower mid-market size level. So these are companies generally under $150 million in annual revenues, generally about you know, 700 or so employees and under. And I mean, I've loved every minute since, taking on very unique projects, everything from your your old school means of driving efficiency, like process improvement, putting out KPIs and helping with change management or the adoption of some of these changes. And then with you know the last, let's call it four or so years, really at the forefront of artificial intelligence and how AI solutions can help those businesses. And really about three years ago or so, I thought, let me start turning this into a business. And you know, brilliantly, that happened right before COVID hit. To me, it's not about growing a, a massive company. It's more about having a great team around around me and team of people that truly enjoy being around each other, are making long-lasting, meaningful impacts at the clients they serve and the communities they live in. And that's what we're doing here. Okay, well, let's dive into the what you would consider the MVP. And you mentioned that in your overview. Tell me about that MVP. You know, what sort of process did you go through to establish it and any sort of tooling you used to help you along the way? When I went out on my own, I had a bit of a laundry list of things that I would do differently to serve clients or serve our customers. One of the first things I did that really helped me quite a bit was I joined the Dallas Entrepreneurship Center, the DEC. It was just a great place to launch a business. I surrounded myself with other entrepreneurs. They had great speakers there sharing great stories and advice and things that I took to heart. You know, but truly being out on my own, that really was the MVP. I was trying out different things. I was first off just targeting a segment of companies that a lot of people told me to avoid. I was building out a business model that was not necessarily project-based, but more so problem-based. And you know, instead of saying, hey, we're going to tackle this one project for six weeks, it was more so, you know, I can wear a lot of different hats, serve these businesses in so many different ways. So not only did we things going with like this company truly wants to, let's say, capture a new set of processes, lay out some tools like objectives and key results. They need to drive these changes forward. They need to make, you know, call center operations changes, whatever it was. Then along the way too, it's working hand in hand with the CEOs and the problems that would come up at any given point of their journey and being able to be a trusted advisor that they would turn to, but then also being able to roll up the sleeves and get the work done that needed to happen in addition to the project that we set out to do. 
and quite honestly, like as much as I may paint a rosy picture of just you know Louderco and the journey, it's never been a direct path <laughs> to success of any kind. It certainly is hard. You learn a lot along the way, especially you know encountering a lot of failures. I certainly thought that I would just launch a business and you know, naively win so many projects and grow so quickly, but it took a lot of just you know, lumps and learnings and failures and things along the way to really define the model as it sits right now. So tell me about some of those iterations you had to go through. And I kind of relate this to decisions and trade-offs or kind of as you're iterating and improving through it. Tell me about one of those that come to mind for you. Like this was a key moment that really shaped, you know, how we moved forward in the business. Truly, I think it was how we started shaping ourselves and how we were serving our clients. So in the world of consulting, your product is people, their knowledge and their their capacity. My friend Jonathan King oftentimes says that, hey, we as a consulting shop, we sell capacity and capability and he couldn't be more accurate in that statement. Oftentimes we would hear a CEO and meet with their people and identify the problems and say, yes, you know, we can help you with X, Y, Z. What really became a defining moment was it used to be, I would just try to sell people into projects at a full-time basis. What I quickly realized was that clients would be a lot more willing to spend the dollars with us if we gave them, let's say, more people, but at lower capacity, if that makes sense. So instead of a team of two full-time consultants, it'd be a team of four consultants at half their capacity. And so what it meant was this added brain power to really tackle those high problem areas of their business. And these people had experiences from different walks of life, different companies that they were part of, some from Apple, some from Tesla, some from large institutions. You know, they, they bring all these experiences to the table and are able to help our clients in different ways. And so that, that really was a big leap for us and a big win for us where it was like, okay, so our clients cherish those that added brain power and horsepower. Let's start positioning our projects that way and continue to add you know, massive amounts of value to, to what they're looking for. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption and use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. 
The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. So from that point, let's say from that, that point of you know inflection or iteration, how have you matured and progressed the business since that point? Establishing processes and maturing those processes. And I'm curious about, you know, what you might call your roadmap. Like what, you know, in, in a product world, roadmap is these features and these things. But how would you go about deciding, like, this is the next most important thing for us to address in Louderco? As I mentioned about four or so years ago, we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to start leveraging AI as potential solutions to our clients. And back then, it was a lot harder to get your hands on AI. You had to develop it yourself. But over time, it's gotten a lot easier. AI has become democratized. All these startups have sprung up to generate applications that have AI at the forefront. We can all buy them as, say, as monthly subscription models. And as we were rolling out these solutions to our clients, it, I just kind of looked around. It felt like we were the, you know, the cobbler's kids. You know, we were not necessarily pouring into ourselves, but we were pouring into our clients. And so we made a concerted effort near the end of 2021 to do a couple of things. And number one was to start leveraging AI and other technologies for our own purposes internally at Labrador. It's, it's driven so many changes that have worked out incredibly wonderfully for us, driven productivity gains that are just immeasurable. So it gives us a chance to experience it ourselves. And then when we get in front of our clients, we can say we have firsthand knowledge of these products and we think this should work out very well for you too. The other thing that I did, there's a really great management framework called System & Soul. And System and Soul instills the accountability, the internal processes, the strategic planning, and even intentional cultural direction of your company. We've doubled in size here in just the last year plus, and it would have been an incredibly chaotic experience if it wasn't for System and Soul. Um, I mentioned this gentleman's name already, but Jonathan King, he's our system and soul implementer. He's done so much to help coordinate our efforts. We meet as a leadership team quarterly to identify our quarterly objectives and key results, our OKRs, annually to set our annual plan, our three-year plan, our 10-year plan. And then we have what's called our, our S2 Sync meeting every week, where we review our scorecard of metrics, KPIs, things that are keeping a, the pulse on the business. A big metric for us is something we call raving fans, which these are CEOs or client teams that, you know, for starters, we try to wow them at every step of the way. We try to go above and beyond, solving problems that did, they didn't even know existed. And ultimately, these people become great raving fans of ours, referral sources. They, they talk us up. 
oftentimes we'll talk to prospects and say, hey, um, can I talk to any of your past clients and see what it's like working with you? Absolutely. You know, right away, here's a, here's a slew of numbers and emails that you can reach out to. And so those things, I think, have really helped shape us internally and made us better consultants and a really great place to work. Let's switch to team then. And you've mentioned team a few times, and I'm curious, you know, what do you look for in these people to indicate that they're the winning horses? Tell me about how you built your team. It's a multi-step process for us. I think a lot of it first does stem with, you know, what is your experience level? Where have you been? What companies have you served? Our clients take a lot of interest in the backgrounds of our people because they know that okay, if they've been at these big companies and been successful there, their confidence level in us grows. So it oftentimes starts there. We also have a pretty uh, well-defined hiring process that we completely bake in our core values along the way. So we're asking questions around our core values, which our core values are be honest, be human, be purposeful, and be growing. The ones that really mean a lot to me, especially, are be human and, and be growing. Too many times in my previous consulting experiences, it just felt like you know, many we were just numbers. We weren't really truly people. To be human means that we are honoring those things that make us human. So show up with respect and dignity and the things that make us human, like family, love, and fun. Then also be growing is also incredibly important to me. Our people are a product. We're not a software company that's continuing to iterate or continuing to add new features. We're people. And so we're needing to, the way we do that, is we continue learning new things. We're at the forefront of the marketplace. Where is it going? And we're learning about new tools, new processes, new new methods. We set up something called Louder Co University. So when you join our company, you go through onboarding, but there's also a lot there to, for continuous education. And so in that along the hiring process, we're getting to know the person. We're ensuring that they kind of meet us where we are in terms of our core values. And ultimately, oftentimes the decision sometimes comes down to like, would I love to grab a beer with this person? Would our team love to grab a beer with this person? We're about enjoying the people that we work with. You know, we're rather selective in who we let in. I've made some bad hires along the way, don't get me wrong, but those that stay and do really great things and are part of a really wonderful team. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vassell edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. 
Turso makes it easy. With the developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Turso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Turso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to turso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash CodeStory. Turso, welcome to the Data Edge. Let's flip to scalability. And this will be interesting given the business that you've built and you're powered by you know, some, some AI components. How has scale been a factor in how you've designed solutions or designed your business? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it's very hard. As you just alluded to, traditionally, consulting firms are not very scalable. You know, we've tried to buck that trend as much as we can. I think we're still very much strapped in capacity, just as other firms are, based on just number of people, number of hours in the day. What we've tried to do is really utilize technology to our advantage and also trying to productize what we do as much as we can to not waste time in our projects or not waste time in our business development. And so while one-on-one relationships matter a lot, we're going out and talking in front of large groups, trying to be thought leaders, getting the word out. As we're delivering projects to our clients, we're leveraging AI solutions. Just like many others right now, we're, we're fully tapped into the world of ChatGPT to help expedite what we do. We're also leveraging tools like Beautiful.ai, which is a really great PowerPoint competitor, PowerPoint replacement tool that has really cut our time in creating thought leadership, deliverables, presentations, I mean, by half, if not more. And so we're able to accomplish more in the same amount of time that it used to. And so now we're able to take on more work with the same amount of people. Scalability wise, you know, we're not a software product. We're not pushing that out. I will tell you this though, from a roadmap standpoint, especially here the last few weeks, we are sitting down thinking about, well, how can we productize more of what we do? How can we start creating a new revenue stream that can be purchased 24 seven and it can provide crazy value to people that aren't going to need the high touch client support that we're accustomed to doing. And so that's coming soon. You know, and that's extremely exciting for us. And we've got the team that's going to be able to get it done. Okay, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? Gosh, I keep feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but my team, these are amazing people doing phenomenal work. I'm also extremely proud of the results that we've we've gained for our clients. I mean, these are life-changing results. These are companies that are sometimes on the brink profitability is is getting into the red and they're you know just working way too hard to make way too little i mean i'm talking these are companies that are generating sometimes 80 90 million dollars in revenue with a few small percentage points of net income that they're hanging on to and so to be able to come in and drive improvements i mean it really is life-changing these ceos are, are people with families these leadership teams you know they're busting their butts each and every day putting in countless hours they're you know, these employees at these companies have been there, you know, dozens of years and they've built families at these places and, you know, their best friends work there and they're hanging on and they're just working too hard for, you know, very little results. And so to be able to come in and, and help change that for the better is huge. And, 
we take a lot of pride in that. To look back and see the impact we've had these, at these companies, and that sounds kind of corny, I think, but what it means to these communities and you know, these economies. We love working with the businesses that we do because I truly believe this is the heartbeat of America. And so if we're able to drive you know, economic impact out of helping these companies, you know, we're measuring that. We actually have a 10-year goal that we're going to generate a billion dollars in economic impact through the through the clients we serve and the, the the nonprofit organizations that we have a hand in. You know, we measure that. That's your question. Yeah, that's that's it. The, the team that has been built here, the work they're doing, the impact that we're making on these clients. It's it's tremendous. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. There are mistakes along just about every step taken here, to be quite honest. And, you know, I think there have been bad hires. There have been people that, you know, go through our hiring process and make their way through. And I think within just a week of being on our team, we know this is not going to work. We've had people that have been on our team for several months and come to find that they're really a cancer to the culture and the culture means everything. So we've got to make a move there. There's also been, I think, some trial and error. So I've struggled to say mistakes because I do think some of these are just come with the territory of trying to innovate and try to find what works and what doesn't. You know, we've tried multiple times, um, perhaps different prepackaged product offerings that we try to push out, but some, some of them stick, some of them don't. Been very fortunate, though, that a lot some of these don't necessarily mean we've had to bet the company or bet the farm. Perhaps we take on a client that is just not uh, the best client to work for to drive this impact at and you know we push forward and, and try to do the best that we can but we sometimes feel that this likely won't end well or they're, they're just not focused enough to really drive the changes we're recommending and, and that sort of thing and so each of them of course is like a case-by-case -case situation we look at all of them and try to determine a path forward but it just comes with the territory it comes with being a leader it comes with continuing to, to change and be dynamic. Nobody saw a pandemic coming, so we changed then. Nobody saw ChatGPT and the impact being made in the AI world, so we're capturing that. And so mistakes are part of it. And we often talk about that in our, in our S2 weekly syncs as well, and just being willing to adapt to them. So for Louderco, what does the future look like for you know, your business, your approach, and for your team? It's doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on artificial intelligence as solutions to our clients. We've been at it now for several years. We've been carrying the torch that, hey, the sooner you get on AI, the better off your business is going to be. We've been at the forefront of highlighting AI solutions that can be bought off the shelf to make impact at these companies. And now, you know, with ChatGPT, with what Google's trying to do with BARD, the gasoline has been poured on the fire. And we are moving quickly to continue that push along the AI journey. You know, we've, I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements through this group called Vistage, uh, where you know, I have a presentation called The Power of AI and ChatGPT, Unleashing Productivity and Profits. And I've been going around talking to CEO groups around the country and talking AI, talking about how it's easy to attain for your business, showing them live demos of of tools and playing live videos of applications that can impact their operations right away. And I'll tell you, it's shocking even to this point how many CEOs just haven't considered 
artificial intelligence for their business. And so I still think there's a lot to be done there and we're going to continue to push it forward. So yeah, for us, it's continuing to find ways to service our clients with these artificial intelligence solutions, continue to harp on the, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that these tools can save them. Uh, the ROI they can gain from hiring a firm like us to help them put these solutions out there. Uh, these are 8x, 40x oftentimes in their investment for these products and the impacts to savings or revenue generated. So this is really big, big, big stuff. And we're going to continue to push the, the word out there on these AI solutions. And if there's you know, CEOs that are willing to explore this, uh, you know, we want to talk to them. We want to make an impact in their business. Let's switch to you, Andrew. Who, who influences the way that you work? You know, name a person or many persons or something that you look up to and why. You know, I've, I've struggled with this question often. You know, I've been asked who's your hero or your business hero. I think, you know, at a very cursory level, often get like your, your standard answers, of course, Steve Jobs. And then, you know, back when you and I were in college, Noah, Dell was huge back then. So certainly big pioneer in the world of supply chain, technology, et cetera. But, you know, I think at the most micro level, it's my wife, Ellen, you know, what drives it and my family. Like I don't, I, I just, they're my motivation. They're what drives me. I want to, I want to be successful for them. I want to be a great leader for my, my business to really have them look at it with great pride and what has been accomplished here. And, you know, what drives my decisions oftentimes is just, just that you know, crazy risky with what I'm doing. I want to be respectful of that. I also, you know, I've built this thing so that we can make an impact at these clients, the communities, and ultimately I can still be a great dad. So, I mean, we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? It doesn't have to be a mistake. It could have been something that worked, but you might tweak it a little bit. I think there's a couple of ways um, that I would go about it. I think I would probably take the opposite, not necessarily complete opposite approach to what I've been doing. But I'd be curious if I did have an opportunity to go back and just see what would happen. You know, I would get crazy aggressive, crazy risky, and just pour tons and tons of money into things that would just accelerate what we're doing so much faster. And in some ways, I'm kind of getting there, to be quite honest here, Noah. But I probably would have gone back and, and done it much sooner. You know, there's probably things I would have doubled or tripled down on. Hard for me to pinpoint exactly what those are. I think for starters, you know, in our world, the business runs around great people. And so I would make an investment in hiring different types of great people that would focus and just continue to accelerate what we're doing. I think in the world of AI, I'd say let's start developing our own AI tools that we can utilize ourselves and start selling. We're moving into that a bit right now as well. But again, it just would have been you know, doing it sooner. I don't necessarily look back. Now, I, I do think things that I would probably tell myself are more related to like the emotion or the mental side of being an entrepreneur. You know, it would just be trying to tell myself, look, staying positive is a huge part of this. Uh, it's a roller coaster. It sounds cliche. A lot of people talk about it, but until you kind of live it, you don't really feel that pain. But you know, I would tell myself, be tough, expect the no's, expect the failures. Almost like the game of baseball, you know, you 
the best players fail seven out of ten times. And so it's, you know, business is not a whole lot different. I think, you know, there's failures, there's people trying to knock you down, there's distractions, you know, there's family things that happen. There's all these things that can, that can really beat a person down. And I've developed that grit, which you know, is partly why we've been able to go this long as we have been. But, you know, I probably would have just told myself to be more prepared for that and, and be ready at the onset of it rather than having to learn it the hard way. Last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing or the next big business. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to tell you about it. can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? And it might reflect some of what you just said, but I'm curious. Build a team of great people around you. Build grit and resilience. Be prepared to be shot down dozens, if not hundreds of times. But just keep pushing. And, you know, when I was younger, I think I would hear people tell me, you know, oh, the key to our success is our people. And I kind of roll my eyes and be like, yeah, right. No, it's because you have a really great product and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it comes down to having great people, great talent, great people with the core values that you're seeking. So I would say, you know, keep at it, build a great team, build a team that you can trust. Yeah. And keep pushing. You know, I think also don't, don't be scared to, to try things and fail. That's how we learn and that's how we grow. And I also say, hey, if you, you need any help to drive productivity gains or put some AI in your business, hire Louderco. Here's a business card. <laughs> so. That's awesome. I love the plug and I think that's fantastic. Well, Andrew, thank you for being on the show today and telling the creation story of Louderco. No, it's a great pleasure. You've built an exceptional podcast. Congratulations on all you've done. And I'm, again, very grateful that I'm a guest here with you today. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.